Hello everybody, what's up? Welcome to session number nine of the Bebop Rewatch podcast, a podcast from Wulong Talks. My name's Jason, I'm joined as always by the wrestling kid, Rich Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up. What's up? What's Cool, well, I'm all good. You're all good, you're all here with us. Thank you for joining us. And um, on this week's session, we're going to dive into session number nine, uh, which is called Jamming with Edward. Um, this is the introduction of... Sneakily, my favorite character from Cowboy Bebop, and that's um, Ed or Edward, or well, the full name we'll get into later on in the episode. Um, but first off, Rich, how do you feel about meeting Ed for the first time in the show? You know what? I think you, I think you pretty much bang the nail on the head. Is um, he he? I think he's sneakily everybody's favorite character. That's she, thing. bro. Oh yeah, I know about Jay. You just spoke it. <laughs> i yeah. did i did yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> but but the thing is if, in fact funnily enough i'm sure like you don't i think there's different dubbings or say like different or like um you see like the original dubbing that do they do they confirm that she's a girl from the get-go or isn't it later on down the line or, um or i think they do pretty much from from yeah. early doors mm. yeah because i um, think i mean when we get into the episode i, I think the the police officers actually confirmed that she's a girl pretty early on but mm. um yeah. so yeah i mean listeners the reason for the confusion obviously is because the first name is of this character is edward um this is a name that she's given to herself um you'll find out more about why she calls herself edward and and what her full name is as said later on in the episode as well um but yeah i mean this is like for a, an Edward introduction, this is about as as good as it gets, really, because it pretty much sums up her character perfectly within this episode. So, um, yeah, you're really gonna be in for a wild ride on this one, <laughs> um, very much so. But um, yeah, said. I mean, like, how did you find the episode overall in terms of um, compared to what we've talked about so far and what we've watched so far? Um, how does this episode stand up? It's it's just it's just a really really nice introduction, um, and and every everything is just it, it just flows like there's been a few episodes where we've had to rewatch them and I've kind of gone like, okay wait a minute, I, I still love the show and I still like this episode, but this episode might not necessarily be my favorite, mm. but I think that comes in hindsight where you're kind of like you're just waiting for a particular episode to happen that you know. You know, one of my favorite parts might might you know might take place where there might be like a shootout in like a church or something. And I'm just like shit. And if you sit through this thing, this episode first before I get to meet you know before I get to meet Vicious and things like that. Mm. But um, it, it's just a nice different tone. And once again, it opens up a little part of the Cowboy Bebop world, which I'm gonna talk about in a little bit. I mean, when, when we kind of start talking about the, the actual um episode, which we've never really thought about but i keep on mentioning it throughout this whole episode and it's something that it kind of caught me by surprise and, and i never really noticed it in all of the times where we've had where i've watched it it's only now where we're sitting down and we're, you know we're scrutinizing it with like a you know with, with like a drawing pen i'm just like shit they've made that you know they've keep on making allu allusions to that but it's never really dawned on me that it actually is what they're saying and mm. i know listeners that sounds really really cryptic but it's gonna make sense when we start talking about it. Mm. But this episode is just—it's just a nice, fun episode, and it's a nice introduction to, like I said, I think to sneakily everybody's favorite character in this show. Mm -hmm. I think Ed is low key everybody's favorite character. Yeah. You said like definitely, um, she's just brilliant, and you'll find out why soon, listeners. Um, <laughs> but I think this is the first kind of straight up comedy episode that we've had so far, isn't it? I mean, most of yeah. them have had like humor of some kind uh, apart from maybe sympathy for the devil um um you know most of them have had some type of humor in them but this is the first straight up like comedy episode that, that they've done um well the yeah. first one that we've come across in in the series so far um and i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the the change of pace um because there there was you know one of the things that we love about this show listeners and and why we love talking about it is because you know, Cowboy Bebop has has been so good at, at straddling so many different genres. Um, you've had, 
you know, we, we have um, action, you get drama, you get thriller, and you get comedy. Um, and later on, we'll be touching on some horror as well. Um, but it, it covers the, the different genres so well and, and does it so skillfully that you don't even feel like there's an unevenness to the, the tone, which can happen sometimes when you're trying to, to do multiple types of, of genres within a, a TV series. Um, but Bebop, I mean, the, the, the writing and the visuals and, and the timing of, of everything is so strong that you, you really kind of feel um, out of place of anything, you know, to be honest. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what you you think about the the comedy in this episode, and whether you found it funny or or that it dated badly or or anything. Because there were one or two lines that I was a bit like, yeah, that's kind of aged a bit now, and I don't know if in today's world <laughs> that would fly so much. But um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the the comedy in it? Uh, look, listen, I I think the comedy aged aged perfectly for me. But like, you know, I, I'm slight, I'm ever so slightly biased when it comes to bebop though so, <laughs> like i said i mentioned earlier on there's certain episodes where i might have gone back and thought hey that wasn't as good as it was but then it's because there's that part of me that wants to jump to the good parts but then in my head i've always said this and i'll, I'll always stick by it a bad episode of bebop is better than certain good episodes of shit shows if that makes any sense mm. <laughs> so, like, so but so i i like it and i mean I just think it, it stays within the tone of the show, which is one of the reasons why I keep, you know, where we keep on talking about the writing of the show is that it's just perfectly done. It doesn't seem, to me, well, to me, it doesn't seem forced or it doesn't seem like something that, that wouldn't fly now because it still feels very much in, like, in, in confined in the world that we, we're starting to, to basically, well, you know, no even start to learn about we we've been we're, we're nine episodes deep in now so nothing right now seems out out of place everything just seems to to flow quite seamlessly so the comedy is literally just the flip side of you know of the sadness that we might have seen or the violence that we may have seen it's all perfectly balanced for me um and yeah i i, I, I like this episode man i really <laughs> really like it Cool, man. All right. Well, let's dive into it and, and get on with it. So, um, listeners, as I said, if you've been following along with uh, the, the series of podcasts we've been doing about this, um, then you should be on session nine. Uh, bear in mind that obviously we're talking about the episode as a whole, so there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast yet. Um, but the episode begins by kind of taking us to Earth, uh, which I think that is the first time we've gone to Earth in the series so far. Is that is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're actually out on Earth. Well, we're above Earth, actually. It opens just above Earth um, with some satellites that are orbiting the Earth. Um, and the satellites begin to fly lasers onto the planet's surface. Um, and they begin to, to kind of... Uh, put symbols and, and images on the the surface of of the earth from from where they've been um, placing these symbols down, and it looks like kind of crop circles and things like that. So if you ever wanted to know where crop circles come from, it comes from a rogue space a space satellite up above the earth. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get all of these images from from the episode um, out of the gate. Um, and then it quickly jumps to uh, Edward to showing us Edward straight away. And if you haven't seen um, Edward yet, Edward is is very kind of slender, has really bright red hair, um, wears goggles, um, and I, I guess you call them goggles. Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. they're goggles. Yeah, they yeah. are goggles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she wears goggles um, and always has like her laptop computer by her side or, or, or something like that. Um, and when we get her, when we first meet her, she's uh, just kind of surfing the the, wet, the net and listening to the radio and, and listening to different things. Um, she starts hacking into um, a, a specific server uh, and she finds out that the, the Bebop is scheduled to land on, on Earth. Um, she gets very, very excited for the first time and she'll get very excited many times in this episode because that's what she does. Um, when she, <laughs> but she gets excited when she finds out that the, the Bebop is coming over. Um, why she gets excited, we don't know. We uh, assume that it's because she knows about the Bebop. Um, although 
there's no other evidence kind of given in the episode to suggest that that she had prior knowledge of of their existence but um you're kind of left to assume that because she's a hacker and, and she's good with computers and things like that she's probably been keeping up on on um events with the bebop um now while she's doing all of that there's a a, a kind of a broadcast a weather broadcast that keeps warning of rock showers coming down um and just as she kind of is is getting excited and, and shouting um one of these rock showers begins and starts hitting the location that she's at and one of these massive rocks hits right in front of where she is and blows everything up in front of her and then she falls backwards towards the camera um and, and looks at directly at the camera and I, I can't remember off the top of my head what she said now but um there was there was something in in the phrase and i, I really can't remember it i'm i'm at a loss now to remember what she said but basically it was along the lines of oh there were rock showers here as if she wasn't just listening to the radio saying that there were going to be rock showers there so it shows you kind of how like contrary ed can be basically um after that we kind of cut to the bebop itself um and we see everybody's kind of just going through their their normal routine so i think ayn is cleaning it, uh, herself um Jet, I think, is is pruning a bonsai tree at a certain point. Faye's doing her nails, and Spike is washing the swordfish or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's a news program going on in the background, um, and the news program is is kind of talking about um, an eight million bounty that's been an uh, eight million wulong bounty that's been placed on um, a person who is respond who that they believe is responsible for hacking these orbiting satellites um, around the earth and is causing them to create these, these land carvings on the surface of the earth. Um, and this is a really funny scene because the news anchor is joined by um, an expert. And immediately when I saw him, Rich, mm -hmm. I, I thought of, um, you know, that remember the meme, the internet meme listeners, you, you follow us. So you know what memes are, but you know, the dude with the, the, the crazy hair that you always see, um, in memes that he's from like some program on the history channel and he's got his hand slightly apart and then the caption usually always says aliens dude or aliens man or something like that no i haven't seen this ah oh, dude you must have done man Was um, it on Twitter? If it's, on it's Twitter. one of them things that pops up everywhere on social media every so often whenever somebody says something ridiculous they hmm. usually post this this meme up um with the with the tagline aliens on it and um that doctor just reminded me of that immediately because he's like he's super creepy he's super obsessed and i think he says something along the lines of that the carvings are from aliens yeah. and it's all part of a an earth's conspiracy or something like that yeah and then the news anchor kind of plays it off and he's like yeah all right you're you're chatting rubbish mate um and then the the camera kind of shifts back to the news anchor but off screen, you can still hear the professor guy like just cackling away to himself and still talking. And I was just like, "What? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, this dude is just is is on one man, and like literally, it's like he's got his five seconds of fame, and he's just like, "Yep, this is my moment. I'm not gonna let it slip. I'm gonna keep talking. You can move the camera, but I'm still gonna keep talking." And that just really made me laugh. That I mm. thought was a was a really nice touch. Um, yeah, yeah really that, scene, that scene killed me. The thing mm. is, the other thing that made me laugh is that he, his name is clearly a play on Yuri Geller. Mm, um, mm, that's mm. But then you know, he you know, he looked like and he sounded like he, he didn't. The only thing he looked then he sounded like Yuri, um, Yuri Geller, um, Peter Law or Peter Lorre. Yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> Does, he was like, does, oh, yeah. hey, guys, yeah. <laughs> aliens, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, he sounded exactly like Peter Laurie, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's bang on. Um, for the American listeners who don't know, Yuri Geller is um, somebody who was very popular in, in the UK. And the States, um, well. the States at some point. Uh, I don't even know if they'd, they'd really know him in, in America that much, really. But effectively, he was um, he was a charlatan who who for some reason had managed to convince people in the late eighties and early nineties that he was a psychic um, and that he could make things happen um, just through the power of thought. So his favorite TV trick was like, he used to go on TV and bend spoons and break them by rubbing um, 
the part where the spoon kind of joins the handle. Um, but he would never, ever do it with anything other than a specific type of spoon. Mm. Um, and if you could picture this, this spoon in your mind, this is it's those very kind of cheap um, metal spoons that, that you get from um, your occasional corner store and, 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 you know, in America, your dollar store or something like that. Um, and basically, it's the type of spoon that's very easy for anybody to bend if they're putting the, 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 a bit of effort into it because they're not very well made. Um, but for some reason, because he could do this, he convinced everybody he was a psychic. Um, he also claimed to, um, at various points of affected sporting results. He claimed he, he won a football match for a team by sucking the ball into the, the net. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a goal. Um, <laughs> He he was friends with Michael Jackson, right? Or, yeah, or yeah. No, 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 no. There's pictures and stuff of them, of them chilling, mm. you know, you know, drinking drinking Jesus juice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was when Mike needed some guidance, man. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> to say like, "Yo, like, listen." Um, but yeah, basically, Richard's comparison is is um, spot on because he's he's very much this character is very much a charlatan like like him, um, and Peter Laurie is is a. Um, an actor from, I guess, what, the 40s and 50s, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and again, he, he's somebody that you're probably familiar with, even if you don't know the name, you definitely know the face and the voice. Um, as Richard said, he, he had a very distinct way of speaking. Um, and he, he had a lot of um, popular movie roles around sort of, as I said, the late 40s and early 50s and, and things like that. So yeah, this guy is is, is super weird. <laughs> but anyway, um, as I said, they they kind of uh, say in this news announcement that there is this eight million uh, Wulong bounty on whoever is hacking these satellites and making them draw the symbols on the Earth. So obviously, the thought of a, a, a eight million eight million Wulong bounty pricks up the ears of uh, the crew, um, and it, in particular, obviously, Faye, who loves money. And Jet, who knows that the crew need money, so um, <laughs> they're both kind of keen to do it. But Spike decides that he's he's not interested because I think he says hackers are boring or something like that, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he decides he's he's not interested. So uh, Jet and Faye head off to go and and find this hacker. Um, so meanwhile, Ed is is kind of having some fun with like this remote control toy that um we don't know where she's got it from but i assume she probably built it herself um and when i saw this scene i was like shit that's a drone you know like <laughs> she <laughs> built a drone way before drones were even a thing so that if you've got a drone at home yeah this kid had one like years ago i mean mm. they were they obviously existed in um japan for for quite a while but yeah, in the show, they'd actually put this 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 drone in as as her toy. Um, and considering when the the show was made, that's um, that's quite impressive foresight there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, she's having fun with this thing, and then um, the Earth Police show up uh, at her location to kind of investigate this idea that there's a tracker there, um, that there's a, a, a hacker there. Sorry. Um, so these two cops kind of burst through the door of of this building that she's staying in. Um, and Ed kind of says hello, and it, it's, it's just kind of doing Ed stuff, like waving her hands in the air rhythmically for no reason. Um, and then obviously the cops are there to to try and take her down, but they're shocked when they see this little girl there. Um, but she manages to use her device that she's using to control the drone toy to take control of, of the cop ship. Um, she starts to take control of the ship and she crash lands it into um, the, the planet outside that, that they're at. And there's a, another funny shot where the two cops are just basically at the window looking out as she's controlling the ship and crashing it. And um, I think one of the cops like says to everyone, oh my God, how are we going to get home? <laughs> and, like, and the other cop is like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're literally just left to kind of watch Ed um, making fun of them, basically, um, and, and screwing with their, their ship, which was hilarious to me. Um, after that, uh, Ed begins to start some hacking again. And I love the way that they kind of portrayed the the internet in this show, because it reminded me so much of the movie Hackers, 
mm. um, which I know is is a movie that we both love. Yeah, hack um, the planet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hackers is is just like ah, oh, it's just brilliant, listeners. You got to watch it, man. It's 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 a classic. It's a cult classic for sure. I mean, it's it's where kind of Angelina Jolie's star was born, really. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was in that movie. So, yeah, man, go check that out. But, um, yeah, basically the portrayal of the internet. The, so if you can imagine, it's not lo looking like your, your average kind of Google Chrome desktop um, web browser or, or something like that. It, it looks like a 3D kind of um, thing, almost a bit like Minority Report, but without, you know, the projection of, of the images. Mm. Um, so anyway, Ed uses um, her skills to hack into the Bebop while Spike is is asleep. Um, and she manages to find out that the crew are, are going after the satellite. Um, this, and then at this point, the Bebop lands uh, on the planet Earth itself in the water um and Faye and, and and jet decide that basically they're going to split up um Faye is going to go and investigate the antennas which the, the hackers could have used um and jet decides he's going to go into the, the nearest town on on the planet um and try and find some information basically and do some old-fashioned police work um so flying over kind of uh Faye learns that there's like loads of, of different transmitters in the area. Um so it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint where exactly the hacker is because of that. Um and there's a really, really brilliant scene where Jet is walking through um this kind of disused I, I think it's a disused spaceship or something like that. Where we're no, sorry, it's not a disused spaceship, it's a train station. Um, so it's a disused train station and, and some people are obviously living in this train station and, and have made it home. Um, so Jet goes around and, and speaks to a number of people and it's all done POV. So all the people that he's speaking to are, are, are speaking directly into the, the, the camera um, as opposed to speaking to Ed, uh, sorry, as opposed yeah. to speaking to Jet on the screen. Um, that I really liked. That was a really kind of clever touch because, again, it's it's not something that you kind of see um, often in anime. Um, it, anime can kind of take a, a linear way to telling stories at certain times, but that reminded me of something like Shortcuts or, you know, a movie like that where there's mm. kind of a lot of um, people talking directly to the camera and talking directly to the audience. Um but some of the, de the the descriptions of Ed are, are hilarious. <laughs> I mean, uh, Richard, what did you think of like the, that kind of scene and how it played out and, and the way that they were describing um, Ed to, to Jet? Well, well, the thing is, you know what? It's crazy because forget even the descriptions that they're giving of Ed. <laughs> it's the people giving the descriptions themselves. Yeah, You're yeah. Everybody. You're getting like a, a rock and roller. There's like an Asian guy. There's like a hippie stoner. Mm. There's like a lady and a cat. <laughs> mm, mm. And it's just one of those things where it's weird because some of them seem really outlandish. And I think that I think they obviously do it to kind of throw you off. And then some of them are given, the, or if not all of them are giving them a description and they might say five things in this description. But one of them kind of pertains, or at least one of them at each description will pertain to the character of Ed. And, you, and you're just like, yeah, they're not far off. There's one person who says, like, yeah, man, like she like he's like this super hacker and he's like eight foot tall and a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought of Kareem from the yeah. from the episodes from the like near the, near the beginning of the season. Oh Hakeem. Like, Hakeem. Yeah, 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 Hakeem, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Hakeem, yeah. And I'm just like, well, he's not eight foot, but he is a super hacker. Hmm. You know, and but well, she's a super hacker. So it's one of those things where it's like I just I, I like the fact that they're kind of give or take that they are kind of explaining the character of ed to you like you know you're just like oh well they actually are quite right um but i do agree with you on the whole thing of of that this whole first person perspective because like i said number one is something that's not seen in anime um if like well i don't remember seeing it in any form of anime where they've done this type of thing um and it's the first time they've done it in this show as well mm. And so once again, like you said, like, you know, like we keep on talking about the whole reason, sorry, the whole reason that um, 
that Bebop is such a good show is because each episode, well, not each episode, but you'll get particular episodes and it will be, you could see the influence that it has outside of the genre on which it's based on. So it may be, you know, I mean, like you, you bang the nail on the head when you said like Robert Altman's shortcuts. It, it just has that feel of just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to place the camera and you're just going to talk. It might even not necessarily be a script, but you're just going to talk. And there's something in the way how all of these characters are speaking. Even though it's a cartoon, it, it feels even more natural because the screen is, because the, the, the scene is just so stabilized and it's just central on this person. Mm. And you see each of these people for what, like five seconds, 10 seconds? Yeah, yeah, it's that, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you're getting all of these different types of people as well is just like, yeah, like it just makes it feel a little bit more, more real. Because mm. it because that means they're talking to a plethora of a plethora of people that are based all around. You don't know where they're based, but they're based in different places, obviously. And you're just like, I like this. This feels real. I want to meet Ed. I've met her before, but I want to meet her now because everything that they're just describing just sounds like her. And I want to see more of her. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's such such a good scene. And like I said, each person only talks about what, about 10 seconds. Mm, mm. Yeah, man, I love that scene. That 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 was great. I mean, I've, I think at one the the woman with the cat says that Ed is a a, a transgender woman yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, which, which, and which then is, which isn't far off. But but that but that's yeah. the point I'm trying to make is like mm. you, you watch because even though you know Ed's a girl, whenever you watch the show, what well, I mean, I'm not sure about you, Jay, but for some for some unknown reason, whenever I watch the show after Ed's introduced. In my head, I still always make the mistake that she's a boy, mm. and so, like you said, you 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 know, you get that woman saying, that, "Oh yeah, yeah, she's a transgender," and it's like, well, to be fair, if somebody was to watch this show, <laughs> like, and and you and you don't watch it properly, and you like, you know, you might catch the, let's say, episode ten, and you see Ed, you're gonna be like, "Hey, you took his little boy with the bendy arms," <laughs> you know. You understand? <laughs> so, like I said, so each thing that each thing that at least one of the things that each of these people talks about in one way or another is some form of truth in relation to the character or the portrayal of ed mm. which is which i which i love mm. Mm. yeah i think ed is definitely very gender fluid um the, definitely is like no kind of um stereotypical kind of traits that that you would place um on ed to say that um she is a girl or, or he is a boy necessarily that she the, the character is just written in such a way that she could be either or she could be both you know who, who knows so, um so yeah that whole scene kind of plays out really really well um so in the story uh jet has said is kind of frustrated because he can't really get um a straight kind of description from anybody on on who um edward is although we do um get one kid who he talks to who who refers to edward as radical edward yeah. um which is apparently <laughs> the the hacking name that that edward uses um in the meantime ed uh, starts hacking again as she does um and enters into the the virtual mind of the satellite um that started doing all of these carvings and then once she's in there she realizes that um the actual system is able to communicate with her via uh, speech. Uh, so the two of them start talking and um, the satellite doesn't have a name. So she decides to call it MPU um, because it's like CPU only neater, um, which <laughs> I just thought was great. Um, and then this uh, AI system, this MPU, starts to explain why it's been doing all of these carvings on the landscape and it says that it's trying to to recreate um certain carvings that that existed on on planet earth um that were destroyed after the gate incident now um rich i know you know a little bit about the the backstory of the gate incident and it's been kind of mentioned in passing in in the series at, at this point um but without like too much detail so um, can you explain just a little bit about what the the gate incident actually is, um, and and why kind of Earth is in the the condition that it's in? Well, basically, uh, from what I can remember, isn't the gate incident they were setting up like warp gates, and so basically this was going to be used for travel from one place to another. So this isn't like um, even though it's set in the future, this isn't like you know uh, Star Trek or or Star Wars where you've got uh, ships that can you know participate in. Uh, hyperspace or, or or have warp drives. So what they would have is they would have these gates 
and these gates were able to well you know i'm not even gonna even try and get into that science fiction part of it that's number one because i don't know and number two my boy's asleep so he can't explain it to us <laughs> so I'm yeah. Just gonna, yeah so i'm just gonna give you a rough idea of what it is but it's almost like it can would you say i wouldn't say it can, can traverse space and time but it's able to bend space and time within a certain degree so traveling from one place to another is a lot quicker um and i think basically what happened is there was some form of accident uh with one of the warp gates if you yeah, with one of the warp gates above the earth and it basically destroys or you know takes out a chunk of the moon and uh and isn't that isn't that the same accident that happened that we get told about that basically allows the little boy to to um to live forever give or take in one of the early episodes it does yes it, it's in um in sympathy for the devil i think yeah. it is yeah um so, yeah. It, it, they, they do d describe it a little bit um uh, about what happens because it's a result of the accident that, that occurs that um <clears throat> oh, excuse me that causes him to have the the powers that he has so yeah um yeah they, yeah they they definitely do hint on it and i think in in session four as well they they kind of talk about the the warp gates that one of the um warp gates is is used in one of the ending action scenes in in session four so yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah you get like a lot of information um a, a lot of reference to that but not a lot of information necessarily as to what the incident is so mm. and and yeah and so and basically so obviously where the moon has been has been you know kind of splintered somewhat that obviously has an effect on on, on the actual earth itself because it's you know mm. it's it's a worldwide catastrophe give or take mm. um but the thing is that so that's i mean that's give or take and the, the accident in a nutshell that um that we're making reference to but mm. the thing that i find really really fascinating is is how they talk about earth mm. like they talk about they talk about it like they don't talk about it in, in a good light they're like what earth yeah that piece of junk who wants to go there and it's just like <laughs> Where, where from there <laughs> yeah 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 i was just going to come on to that funnily enough and, mm. and, and talk about that because um that is something that's quite important to note with this series listeners is that i mean as, as you would have known if you've been watching it so far a lot of the action and a lot of the story doesn't actually take place on earth um and you kind of wonder why and then when you hear the way the characters talk about earth and um, particularly kind of after the the incident that occurred obviously it seems that people have decided that earth is not really a, the place to be i mean it seems like most humans existing within that universe at this time are probably not even born on earth mm. they're born on other planets um because they refer to you know the the residents of earth as earthlings and almost as if they're not <laughs> of earth themselves but yeah. You know they, they they do take a dim view of of earth as rich said and it's um they're almost kind of seen as a, a bit backward the people who live on on earth um and and a bit oddball you know mm. um so yeah you know that, that that's an interesting kind of idea this idea that this society has kind of evolved away from um the planet earth itself when you know we are so heavily tethered to, to earth as, as viewers and most of us will never get the opportunity to go up into space and, and exist on other planets and, and things like that so so yeah it's quite interesting but they, they do kind of they almost treat them like hillbillies or something like that right yeah 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 well, just, just, yeah just throwbacks like just mm. yeah i mean yeah i'd probably say hillbillies yeah hillbillies chavs Mm. just just not in a nice light like it's almost like it's a if, if they didn't have a bounty to be chasing they wouldn't be there yeah basically <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so um edward has, has said is in conversation with this um sentient uh satellite um discussing kind of where the the landscaping drawings come are coming from and things like that um and then ed i think tries to draw something but the police kind of block her signal um so she loses contact with the the mpu at that point um and then on the bebop on back on bebop jet kind of talks about all of the incredible different descriptions that he's got for edward and basically says he has no clue like how they're going to find edward um and um spike starts eating um something that, that jet brought back from earth as a souvenir because mm. um spike was saying oh yeah bring me back something from earth um and i guess there's some kind of cookies or something like that um 
I mean, that's what I assume they were. Uh, you know, they look like they look like big versions of. You know, those little what not pockies or pockos. What's the little bear ones that I like? Oh, the pandas. The, yeah, the, the pandas. little chocolate pandas. Yeah they, look like, yeah. yeah, they look like big versions of that. Yeah, they did actually. Yeah, yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, you know, they they basically have come back to the bebop empty-handed with no real kind of leads on on where Edward is. Um. Then Jet discovers that the police are actually looking for Edward as well. Um. But Edward contacts them through a hat job. Um, and basically tells them that it was the satellite itself that caused the, the land carvings. Um, and that basically she can help them um, kind of capture the, the MPU and, and get a reward. Um, but only if she will, only if they will do her a favor, basically. So only if um, they will agree to something. She doesn't specify what that thing is. Um, but she makes them promise that that they'll um, ag agree to it. Um, she then kind of explains really that the only way to capture the, the MPU is by kind of flying directly to the satellite itself, um, avoiding all the other attack satellites that will open fire um, immediately if it senses anybody getting too close to the satellite, and then to download um, MPU for a direct line into the system. Um, Jet is, is kind of skeptical of it, but Spike is is now kind of up for the challenge and it's like yeah th this sounds like fun <laughs> so um now spike is, is is ready to go in because it sounds like there's going to be some action um so the bebop kind of heads off uh and they discuss kind of the details of the plan and what they're going to do and um effectively spike is going to go off on the swordfish too he's going to be um the one to try and disable uh the satellites um and then Spike is is going to get close enough to the ship, uh, sorry, get close enough to the satellite, and then download the the information from there. Um, but as soon as Spike gets out, the attack uh, satellites kick into gear um, and start firing. So Faye has to come out and and cover Spike's back um, whilst he kind of gets involved with uh, the satellites and and with shooting the satellites down, uh, the defense satellites down. Um, Edward then tells Spike that he only needs to get about 20 meters in um, where the satellites, the attack satellites won't risk kind of attacking a weather satellite that's also nearby and damaging that. Um, so Faye kind of takes on the decoy role, um, which she doesn't like because why would she? <laughs> like, who wants to be a decoy? Um, so she complains about that quite vociferously as, as she does. Um, but the plan works and Spike manages to uh, connect up to the satellite and Edward gets to work and he manages to to download the MPU. Um, back on Earth, Spike and, and Jet then try to go and collect their bounty, but the Earth police rule that the bounties are only issued to life forms and not to computers. Um, so basically, once again, they don't get paid. Um, and it's kind of through like a, a proper screw job from the police and the earth government that they don't get paid. So, mm. you know, once again, they're, they're left empty handed. Um, so the crew tries to fly off and, and say, well, sod it, we're going. Um, but Edward reminds them that, you know, they made a promise. And the promise was that um, she was going to be allowed to become the full member of the Bebop crew. Um now, Faye obviously was was the one who made, made this, promise. this promise, yeah. <laughs> and Faye is is like sweating like crazy and going, no, 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 just ignore the kid and leave, just ignore the kid and leave. Mm. So Jet's like, hold on, why? What did you promise? And she's like, it doesn't matter, just leave, just leave. So they try and take off. But Ed is using her um, remote control again for that she used earlier, <laughs> manages to control the bebop and then starts sending it crashing back down to, to Earth again. Um, and then the next thing you know, she she puts herself onto the ship, and that's that. Edward is now part of the crew, um, and Spike has this this line at the end where I think he says he hates three things: kids, animal, women with attitudes, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and all of them are now on the bebop, so he's pissed basically. <laughs> um, and then when they uh, when they fly off uh, from Earth. There's a new land card, a land carving on left on the earth, and it's of Ed's computer persona. 
um, which is the big smiley face with with grinning teeth. Um, a bit like the kind of acid symbol, I guess, is the best way to describe yeah, it, but with, yeah. with a bigger smile. Um, yeah, and that's that. And that's the episode. Now, that was, like I said at the top, really, really funny. Like this episode, I mean, I highly recommend you guys watch it if you're into comedy because um, the comedic timing in this episode is just brilliant. Um, and I said, Ed just kind of adds like a, a whole new dimension to the the characters of Cowboy Bebop and, and Ed just brings this constant like perpetual motion and energy but then with really kind of abstract ways of thinking that just kind of completely cl clash with the other characters who are all very kind of grounded and 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 um you know very gritty and 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 kind of um see the world in black and white um, you know, Ed sees the world in full spectrum color and has no problem telling everybody that she does. Um, and yeah, she just makes a, a brilliant addition to the crew, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the the little gag at the end with um, Ed controlling the the bebop ship? Listen, I thought I thought it was wicked, but you know what it is. Like, I mean, th this whole ep this whole episode, Ed's just pulling the strings, bro. Mm. <laughs> Mm. It's just it's just a perfect episode, man. Um, and it's just so, like there's so many so many layers, like behind this episode as well. That, like I said, it wasn't until I finished watching it that they, they there's very much a thing that they keep on making reference to aliens. That's number one, right? Mm. And it's only when you watch it and you're like, and this, like I said, this is episode nine. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. You've got like flying spaceships. You've got like super intelligent dogs. You've got warp gates. Um, you know, you, you've got like virtual, you know, virtual, like real virtual reality. But yet there were no aliens. And the first mention that we do get of an alien is right at the episode of this, uh, right at the beginning of this episode. Uh, literally after it is like the first scene is you see Ed. And you're just like, you know what? You are the alien. Like there, there's nobody else. And I mean, when you guys watched other episodes for this show, there's nobody else out there like Ed. We haven't met anybody like her in the episodes before, and we're not going to meet anybody like that in the episodes after. And she has very much like this ET quality to her hmm. that she brings like like she like out of out the crew of the Bebop, she's the heart of the of the crew. And hmm. um, and it's one of those things like I said, like watching you know going back and watching this episode. It just reminded me of the reason why she's one of those characters, why, why she's loved so much. Like, I used to watch the show of my ex-girlfriend, and my ex-girlfriend used to go crazy every time Ed, um, Ed would, would come on, on, come on the show. And actually, one of my friends called Rodell, I'm not saying that we didn't get on, but he's a, he's a mutual friend of my partner, of my, of my wife, right? And we would, you know, we would talk every so often. And I don't know, I don't know if you remember this, Jay, but we we ended up having like a, a surprise birthday party for the other half quite a few years ago. Mm. And he said something and he basically said, oh, Fei Fei. And I looked at him and I went, what? And he went, what's wrong? And I went, did you just say, oh, Fei Fei? And he went, yeah, why? And I was like, no, 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 no. You just can't say that. And then tell me, yeah, why? Like, I know where that comes from. But do you know where that comes from? And he was like, yeah, Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, we are going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things where the character yeah. of Ed, the character of Ed just seems to bring people together. Mm. And, th like, and it's one of those things where you're going to notice that from each episode onwards, how much, like, how much she completes the show. That's number one. Number two, I don't know if you've noticed, noticed this as well, Jay, but when you think back to the show, it's only, like I said, it's only now that we're, you know, we're reviewing episodes. But how, now, we, now that we know that she comes in episode nine, in, for your Jason old man memory and my old man Richard memory, in your head, when does Ed join the crew of the Bebop? Because in my head, she joins like episode two or three, bruv. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're right, you're right. I uh, wrongly kind of assumed she was there from the start because <laughs> for, for all the reasons you gave, like, mm. she she just, she's a brilliant character because she just, as you said, she kind of balances out the other characters. She provides a completely different energy. She's just kind of perpetual 
positive thinking personified mm. um and you know it, it feels like the the way that ed just comes into this episode the way she's introduced the way she kind of plays off of the the other characters um it just feels like she's been there the whole time so like, yeah like you i was shocked like when we got through like the first two episodes and she wasn't introduced yet i was like huh mm. like <laughs> did i have this wrong because i thought like ed was there more or less from the beginning but mm. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of shows you like how good you know a, a character Ed is and how funny um, Ed is. Um, there's some brilliant kind of quotes and dialogues in in this episode as well, listeners. So, what I'm going to do right now is we'll we'll head over to our favorite website, which is uh, Bebopopedia. Um, if you don't know, this is a wiki for um, all fans of Cowboy Bebop, and it. it breaks down the episodes for you and gives you loads of quotations and trivia and things behind the scenes as well. Um, so we'll get on to uh, some of the quotes here. So yeah, this is the one that made me laugh. Uh, this was when back on the ship um, in the early part of the episode, when Faye decides that she wants to go after um, Edward and try and find her. Um, and you know, Jet is saying, Well, it's not going to be easy to, to kind of find hackers because you know they're good at, at kind of hiding their tracks. And mm. um, Faye says, and I'll read you the quote Hackers are nerdy, pasty, tubby little geeks with triple thick glasses, and this one is probably a demented otaku with smelly feet, mm -hmm. so catching him will be a breeze. Now, if that sounds like you, listener, don't be offended <laughs> because we've all been that person at one point in our lives. Um, but that line made me laugh, especially the otaku reference mm, as well. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh, that's so metal. <laughs> it's like you're referencing your fans in your show. <laughs> um, what's another one that I like? Oh, yeah, there's the quote from the end where um, Spike is complaining and um, he says to Jet, Jet, do you know that there are three things that I particularly hate? And Jet says, Really? And Spike says, yes, kids, animals, and women with attitudes. So tell me, Jet, why do we have all three of them neatly gathered on our ship? Um, <laughs> which it doesn't sound like much out of context, but when you watch it in the episode, listeners, this is really funny. Well, the, uh, well, I think, sorry to interrupt, Jay, but the thing about that about that quote in particular is because it's it's clearly just a continuation of the of that episode when Faye joins the Bebop. Mm, and he's just like, mm. like, Jet, why is there a woman on the ship? I, I don't like women on the ship. Like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, yeah, you go tell her that. And mm. and then, remember, then it cuts. And then, like, you hear, like, the big bang. Yeah. And Jet yeah. starts smiling to himself. Mm. So it just seems like Spike isn't having a good time. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything he hates just seems to be following him. Mm. But at the same time, it's the one thing that's given him purpose. is given him life for the moment, should we say. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is the, the, the moment, really, where they become a, a family. Mm. Um, so, and that's something important to consider, listeners, is, is you know, from this point on in the series, they, they truly are a, a family and, and they behave towards each other as such. So um, you'll see that in, in the later episodes as well, once we get to those. Um, but there's a quote here as well for, um, for Jet for when he comes back from Earth after trying to find out information about Edward um and it's this is the full thing so it says uh radical edwards profile he's seven foot ex pro uh, ex basketball pro hindu guru drag queen and an alien <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically all the things that um that the people of earth have described radical edward as uh to him so yeah again when you see it in context of the episode it is actually quite funny i know i'm not doing it justice here but um, yeah, you, you definitely need to see that scene when that plays out. Um, so let's go into some of the themes and the different things that we see. So, of course, again, the standard theme that we always get is that they miss their bounty. Um, as you know by now, I mean, that, that so far, this is nine episodes that we've watched, and I think they've got paid once successfully. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, again, they're, they're not getting paid. <laughs> Um, in terms of the references for this episode, uh, apparently Jamming with Edward is the title of a 1972 album recorded by several members of the Rolling Stones. The title refers to Sessions pianist Nicky Hopkins, a talented studio player who's played with such groups as The Beatles, The Hoon, Neil Young and Jeff Beck, among others. 
Okay. So there's another Rolling Stones reference in there. Because yeah. it, was it the last ep- episode with, where there was a Rolling Stones reference, or is it one before? I can't remember. Uh, S- Sympathy for the Devil is the Rolling Stones episode. Yeah, that's the Rolling yeah. Stones one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, at the very beginning of the session, MPU resembles the computer HAL 9000 from Arthur C. Clarke's book oh, yeah. and Stanley Kubrick's film, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Now, I actually missed that when I was watching it. I, d- I didn't make the connection, but mm-hmm. now... I've actually read that. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the pictures drawn by MPU are identical to the famous geoglyphs in the Nazca Desert in southern Peru. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think they're they're in South America in, in when they land on Earth, and I think that's where they find Ed. So, yeah, so, yeah that would make sense. Um, ah, <laughs> right, so you were right, Rich. Yuri Kellerman... Mm. The expert on the supernatural is likely a reference to TV psychic Yuri Geller. <laughs> um, and now I see the name Yuri Kellerman. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the names on Ed's computer, Tomato, is Thomas Wayne, which is likely a reference to Batman. Um, yeah, I did notice that. Mm. Uh, another name on the computer is Predator, which is also likely a reference to the movie of the same name. Jeez. Um, yeah, I missed that one. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see Predator. I, I think Thomas Wayne, I think I've seen Thomas Wayne in another episode. Yeah, I think the name Pop Thomas up. Wayne has popped up a couple of times because didn't that come up on the one? Um, I want to say it was the episode where they first meet Faye, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I can't remember, but I know they were chasing yeah. somebody and, and they were going through a list of names. Yeah, sure. yeah, because I think it's the one with the, the casino chip. Um, yes, yes, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is. It's when is I think it's when Jet might be talking to his buddy, trying to get some some info. Mm. And then he sees it, and it gives it, and he's like, and his friend tries to basically say, like, listen, I'm not going to tell you anything. And then Jet kind of holds him to ransom, and then like you see the names going up on the list. I think it might be that scene. I think I think it might be. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, okay, so the the drawings that the satellite is carving are recreations of the ancient Nazca line of drawings from Peru. Uh, MPU states he is recreating them with a 2% margin of error. These drawings are famous for their gigantic size and are the subject of a lot of controversy as to how an ancient civilization would create them or why they even would. Um, yeah, I think I remember reading about that somewhere some time ago because I end up reading random things on the internet but um yeah i remember people th- there was some controversy some people were claiming that it, it was impossible for um the the civilizations that lived in peru at that time to have, have done that but given that humankind built pyramids it's it's not that out of you know out the stretch of your imagination although if you ask the the people who watch that <laughs> that history channel show ancient aliens or whatever then they, they'd say it was the aliens that did it mm. yeah um okay so trivia there's only two bits of trivia this week um jet com jet makes a comment in the episode about determining a woman's age and it strikes a nerve with Faye. Yeah. Uh, it's later revealed that Faye has been revived from a previous era and is in fact much older than she looks this aspect of Faye becomes a key part of her character and jet's early comment is foreshadowing of this mm. so yeah this is something that i think we've we mean you have talked about on a, a previous podcast yeah um but yeah basically listeners Faye is is a lot older than she appears um again yeah i don't, I don't want to give away too much details because we'll, we'll actually get into that in in the series later on down the road but but um yeah faye's been around for a long long time um edward reveals her full name to the satellite as edward hong how pepelu turovsky the fifth um <laughs> hint at just how eccentric she is um which is true and also um I know that that's not her real name or her birth yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She actually has a different name. But again, listeners, we won't go into that today because that's for later episodes, so we don't want to spoil that. Um, but again, you know, Edward has a very, very interesting history, just like Faye and, and everybody else. Um, Edward does have a past. Um, and you'll learn, as I said, down the road, you'll, you'll learn more about that when you get into the series. And we'll cover that in future episodes as well so stick with us 
But um, yeah, that's it in terms of the trivia. So as uh, said, that's kind of all the, the ground we can cover really on, on that episode. But um, yeah, I mean, echoing what we said at the beginning, Rich, I'm just glad that Edward's finally here because now the gang's all together. We can get oh. down to business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, I mean, this, this is slightly going off, but this is something that me and Jason really haven't touched upon. Uh, not because we don't like it, but because it's become such a staple that I think it just passes us by because it is just, just a normal thing. But the ending of each episode of Cowboy Bebop, where they sing the real folk blues, which is like the ending theme, unless it's a, like a particular episode where they might have like a, another song that appears on, on, on the end credits. But in this one in particular, I don't know if you remember, Jay. I mean, I've actually got it here in front of me now. Mm. Um, it's uh, instead of just doing like the normal flashback gray scenes, this one is a flashback for Spike. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's showing the flashback of Spike, um, and Vicious, and the uh, and the uh, and the blonde lady. Ah, right. Okay. No, no I didn't the, notice that actually. Yeah, this blood. Well, I, I assume she's assumed a blonde it was, lady. I assumed it was just the same um, end credit sequence that we always get. But yeah, yeah. no, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So yeah, and 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 I mean, basically, I mean, guys, if you watch it, I mean, it's one of those things where. When you watch it, certain scenes will make sense, especially in relation to the flashbacks that we've had from Spike. And then some of them will make sense when we get to late episodes later on down the line, and then you come back and watch it. Um, but it's one of those things I, I've always loved that, like the end sequence for this, just for the simple fact that it's always reminded me of, you know, you know, when you used to watch like the X Files back in the day. Mm. And I remember, I think the first season, you know, where at the end of the the beginning credits i think it used to say trust what, what was what was the saying that x files had was it like trust nobody or trust no one yeah trust no one or something like that I think trust it was, no one yeah. and then no no the truth is out there sorry yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah the truth yeah, is out yeah, there, the yeah. truth is out there and then literally i remember watching an episode and i think it was like it was in the first season it might even be like episode the last episode of the season and instead of saying the truth is out there it said trust no one mm. and i was like mother oh hey you're talking to me <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm paying attention. Mm. So one of the so like I and I love those little. I mean, we're nerds and we're geeks, so we're always we're always gonna love all these like these in-house strip references that a casual viewer might not know. So seeing this end sequence for for Bebop, it, it literally just reminded me of just like you know what, there's something that there's always something in this show that keeps on your toes. And like I said once again, when you go back and you watch the show. You pick up on things that you you missed, even though you may have watched the show like 15, 20 times, just you know, speaking theoretically. <laughs> like so, hmm. so yeah, but yeah, but so that's I think that's one thing that me and Jay are gonna start trying to remind you guys as well. Like hmm. watch every single scene and sometimes when these end credits um roll on, um, maybe pay a bit more attention than you normally would. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean that's very true of of Cowboy Bebop and and of a few other anime I could think of as well. The the devil's always in the detail, so mm. um, yeah, make sure you, you you do pay attention to all of those things. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, as said, you can kind of watch this episode on Netflix. Um, if you've got a Netflix account, you can head over there and, and check it out. Or um, I believe it's also still on Crunchyroll as well. So you'll be able to, to check it out on Crunchyroll as well. Um, and let us know how you found the episode and, and whether you're enjoying the series so far and all of that too. Um, we'll have a, a short trader at the end where we'll let you know how you can get in touch with us. Um, so have a listen to that. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, please do get in touch. Um, otherwise, uh, did you want to add anything else to wrap up? Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, literally, you know, keep on watching the show. Like you're halfway there. Well, you're not even halfway there yet, but you're quite a bit in. Yeah, we're um, we're approaching halfway. I think, yeah, and, and it's only going to get better. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, man. So um, that's it from us, listeners. Thanks a lot for joining us and and listening along to the pod this week. Um, as said, if you're enjoying the series, then please do let us know um and yeah as rich said man we we've got plenty of more of these to come uh next up will be session 10 and i'm looking forward to to covering that one and i hope you're able to join us so um yeah we'll say goodbye so it's goodbye from me and rich say goodbye goodbye and we'll see you later people um oh do you want to say the line rich see you space cowboy <laughs> yeah that's what we're talking about <laughs>
All right, people, take care of yourselves. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 